the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You've been slighted. You've been wronged. Somebody has done something that offends you. Somebody has done something that is really against the law toward you. How do you respond? How do you act? And, and what constitutes what is wrong? These are questions we are answering here this week on Study Verse by Verse with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul lays out some clear directives and direction as far as taking your brother to court and what would constitute an offense that would bring us to such an action. We invite you to spend time with us today for Study Verse by Verse. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and at highlands.us. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? Have you ever stopped and thought about, considered, the destiny that we as believers have in eternity? You know, some people think that we as believers are going to sit around in clouds all day and strum harps. And I'll tell you, folks, that would not be paradise for me. You know, I, I like music, but I can only take so much harp music. And the Bible tells us that we have an awesome assignment waiting for us beyond this life. We're going to rule and to reign with Christ in his eternal kingdom. How much more, then, matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? Why do you take your cases into a secular justice system? I say this to your shame. Now, before he said, I I don't mean to shame you, here he says, I mean to shame you. What you're doing is shameful. You should be ashamed. Uh, Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers? So, from the beginning of this letter, Paul has been chastising the church for their arrogance and and their pride Uh, for their wisdom and their tolerance. And he says, if you're so wise, why can't you settle these even trivial disputes? If we're going to eventually judge the world, as verse 2 states, then we should learn to judge and judge well by judging the trivial matters of this present life. Paul says if a dispute comes up, then find a brother or a sister, a saint, to moderate or arbitrate your case. Preferably with one with some expertise in the area of dispute. For instance, if your area of dispute is in a, a remodeling project, then it would be good to find a Christian contractor who understands the situation from both sides, the complications uh, that contractors work with in remodeling. I've been told it's much easier to build than rebuild. And uh, the expectations that homeowners have. Find that Christian uh, contractor and let them work out a fair resolution. Um, If it's uh, automotive repair, find a Christian mechanic uh, because they have expertise in that area. If it's a real estate deal that's gone bad, find a Christian real estate agent that understands the nature of real estate and let them work out the solution and and let both sides explain their perspective and, and let that person be responsible for bringing a fair and equitable settlement. 
Now, there have been times that I, as a pastor, have been called to settle an area of dispute in which I have no expertise in. And uh, usually I will call for a, a man or woman in the church uh, who loves Jesus, has evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in their life, has a reputation for honesty and fairness. And I'll turn the case over to them because I know that they're going to be much better at coming up with a fair and equitable resolution than I can. And through this exercise, all of the saints that are involved will grow in our ability to judge so that we're going to be better equipped for that future assignment when we are called to judge the angels. So we as believers should endeavor to conduct our business as cleanly as possible, to minimize exposure to failure and misunderstanding. And when those disputes happen, because they will happen, then to uh, settle those, if possible, through uh, mediation and arbitration from a Christian brother or sister. Now, this passage is talking about trivial disputes, things that involve a little time or a little money. It does not refer to weightier matters of the law, such as rape, murder, molestation, manufacturing illicit drugs, terrorism, and stuff like that. For those matters, don't call the church. Please, don't call the church. Call the civil authorities. They're the ones with the guns. That's their jurisdiction. In fact, that's what uh, uh, Romans chapter 13 clarifies to us, the jurisdiction of the civil authorities. Basically, sins are under the jurisdiction of the church. Crimes are under the, uh, the uh, jurisdiction of the civil authorities. If it's a crime, call the authorities. If it's a sin, uh, call the church. Example, gossip is a sin, not a crime. If you call the cops, they will not arrest somebody for gossip. <laughs> but gossiping is a sin, and gossiping can result in discipline from the church even expulsion from the church because of the damage that it does. Um, an addiction to pornography is a sin, not a crime. Drunkenness is a sin, not a crime, unless somebody's behind the wheel of a car, in which case it then becomes a crime. So if it's a matter of sin, then take it to the church. If it's a matter of crime, take it to the civil authorities. Now, it's important for us to understand how this passage has been misunderstood and misapplied. Um, one of the things that this passage does not entitle a church to do is to cover up crimes. Um, one well-known Christian organization has taken an, an enormous beating in the courts and in finances because of refusing to hand over leaders to the authorities who were guilty of crimes and by moving the leaders around, keeping them out of the hand of the authorities, what they have done is produced even more victims. And God is the God of justice, and uh, bringing criminals to justice protects future victims from being their prey. So this passage does not legitimize the covering up of crimes. Um, when somebody comes to a leader of the church and says, I, I want to talk with somebody about something, can you keep a secret? The leaders of our church are instructed to respond in this fashion. Wait, before you tell me anything, let me tell you that there are circumstances under which I will not keep your secret. First off, if I have a legal responsibility to report what you're going to tell me, I will report what you're going to tell me. What would be a legal responsibility? If, if somebody comes up and says, I'm molesting children, 
we have a legal responsibility to give that information to the authorities. Secondly, if someone comes with some information that can protect the church from potential injury or harm, then that information needs to be passed to the people who can help protect the church from injury or harm. For instance, if somebody comes and talks, uh, tells us that they're seducing men or women, then, then that information needs to come to church leaders so that we as church leaders can protect our flock from somebody who has malicious intention. If somebody comes and they are going around conning people out of money and out of property, then that information needs to come to the church leaders so that we can protect our congregation uh, from conmen. Furthermore, this passage does not preclude um, a Christian from suing a non-Christian. If a non-Christian is unwilling to deal deal ethically and fairly, then litigation may be your only option. Because bringing a non-Christian into the church, non-Christian is not going to respect the authority of the church. Also, uh, this passage does not indicate that a Christian can never sue another Christian. The point here that Paul is making is that Lawsuit should not be the first course of action. Additionally, this passage does not preclude a Christian from defending themselves in court. If somebody takes you to court, you may not have initiated the action, but you're going to court anyway. Get an attorney and defend yourself. And so there's various ways that this passage has been misunderstood and misapplied. And and people have been told it means this when in fact it doesn't. Verse 7. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not suffer wrong? Why not, rather, be defrauded? So what Paul is saying is, if you can't even resolve trivial matters, then you're already as good as defeated because you've got your priorities in the wrong place. You're not fighting for what is best and right for the Christian community. What you're fighting for is what's best and right for your interest. You're operating in your own interest. Before pursuing litigation, consider the big picture instead of just your interest. Ask these kinds of questions. Will this litigation harm your testimony? Will the litigation harm the unity of the church family? Will taking the matter to court bring dishonor to the cause of Christ in our community? You know, sometimes it's the best course to bring things to court, but often it's not. If the, if, the, if the legal matter will hurt your testimony or the unity of the church or tarnish the gospel of Jesus Christ, maybe it's better to just let it go. Why not suffer wrong? Why not be defrauded for the sake of Christ? Because in the end, he's going to balance the books. You're not going to lose. Sometimes it's better to suffer loss. Not always, but sometimes. Paul then reminds his audience that in this world, there is no perfect justice. And sometimes it seems like people just keep on getting away with stuff. And what Paul reminds us here is that such people will eventually receive justice. It might be on judgment day, but they will eventually receive justice. But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers, verse 8, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, the word there is pornos in the original language. It's a catch-all term for those who are 
continually sexually uh, immoral fornicators, friends with benefits, those who indulge in pornography, uh, strip clubs, uh, magazines, other sensual uh, stimulation, nor idolaters. Uh, an idolater is someone who values something or someone more than Jesus and walking in obedience to Jesus. It might be a a sports team, or a car, or a girl, or a guy, or a house, or a job, or uh, status, or a hobby. It's anything that's valued more highly than obedience to Jesus. And if making someone happy is more important to you than making Jesus happy, that's idolatry. Well, as we close out today's broadcast, we have been reminded of the various infractions and offenses that can come our way as we live for the glory of Christ. Our message is called Taking Your Brother to Court, and if you'd like to know more about today's broadcast, our ministry, Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, or Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, where this program originates. We would invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then come back and join us tomorrow as our study in 1 Corinthians 6 will give us one final look at our message called Taking Your Brother to Court. Until then, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.